Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. And this one is my team selection for game week three. So as always, I'm going to show you how the team is looking, thoughts on transfers, captaincy, all that good stuff. And I'll quickly show you how I did in game week two as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And make sure to sign up to Fantasy Football Hub. They're still up to 50% off at the moment. All the links you need are in the description below. So game week two wasn't that exciting, but I kind of expected it because eight of my first 11 were playing away from home but I still did okay anyway I got 56 points that was enough for a green arrow and I'm now just inside the top 500k like I said last week don't get too hung up on where you are at the moment in terms of overall rank because this early on in the season things can change very quickly for the better or the worse what really matters is where you are in game week 38 but either way it's always nice to get a green arrow so I'm happy about that in terms of the goalkeepers the rotation worked really well. I benched Pickford for his zero points and played Matt Turner for his massive two points. Maybe a little bit unlucky to concede. Sheffield United didn't create a huge amount of chances, but at the end of the day, it was a fantastic goal that they scored, and I'll absolutely take an additional two points from benching Pickford. So happy with that. In terms of defence... Chilwell and Eshapinian both conceded again. Unfortunately, Chilwell didn't get any attacking returns and finished on one point. But Eshapinian has been a legend so far. Conceded in both games, but got returns in both as well. This time a goal and an assist. So loving those 11 points. And Saliba was able to keep hold of the clean sheet, even though Arsenal went down to 10 men. And he also picked up two bonus to move to eight points. The midfield has been pretty disappointing so far. I know that Martinelli and Saka both returned in game week one but neither did this week neither did Rashford and Fernandez so it was blanks all round I don't think there's any need to panic as I'll discuss in a minute but it's still frustrating from game week two hopefully they can do better in game week three the king of my midfield right now is Brian and Burmo two penalties in a row another goal to go with it against Fulham 16 points that is incredible for a player that only costs 6.5 million and he's going absolutely nowhere for my team and then up front Ollie Watkins shipped in with another assist he didn't take the penalty, so that's obviously now makes him a slightly worse option. I don't think he's terrible now for FPL, but it does make him slightly worse now that he's not on penalties. And obviously when he went off, he was substituted around the 73rd minute, I think it was. His replacement scored straight away. So obviously the first thing you think is, oh, that could have been Watkins' goal. But still, two returns in the first two games and a decent fixture next week against Burnley. So we'll talk about him in a minute. Obviously, Harlan blanked against Newcastle. It's not great. But I think the fact that Salah only got five points makes it a lot better. He's playing Bournemouth at home. That could have been such a bigger difference. I'm not saying Haaland didn't have chances to score, 
But obviously to get two points and Salah to only get five against Bournemouth at home was pretty good. And I think that was Man City's toughest fixture of the first six. So obviously things going forward look pretty decent. And then I've got Udogi on the bench. You've got a clean sheet against Man United. So overall, the squad's looking pretty good. 56 points, nothing to shout home about. But a green arrow is always nice. Let's see how we're looking for game week three. So going into game week three, I've got two free transfers and 0.5 million in the bank. So there is a bit of flexibility there in terms of the moves that I could make. With the defenders specifically, I don't think there's any transfers in that have enough upside to warrant not playing the three that I can currently have in my first 11 so i've got chillwell against luton at home sgp nan against west ham at home both good fixtures and even if they lose the clean sheet they're both so attacking that i would want to play them anyway so they're going nowhere and then i've got saliba who's playing for a solid arsenal defense against a fulham team that have now lost mitrovic and i know they've brought jimenez in but i don't think that's a great replacement for how good mitrovic was and although saliba's not as attacking as the other two he still goes up for set pieces he has bonus potential as well, and there has to be good odds of a clean sheet in that game. And if I'm thinking about high upside defenders that I could bring in, well, Trent Alexander-Arnold is one, but he's much more expensive. I'm not even sure I could really free up the funds with two moves. And then you've got Trippier, but for my squad, I think it's too early to bring him in. I don't really need him this week or next. So I'll look at how I can get him for game weeks five or six. And if I look at my team on Fantasy Football Hub, like this is how it looks for this week. If I go to game week four... Okay, SGP has got Newcastle at home. Is that a great fixture? Not necessarily. But he's so attacking, I don't really mind if I have to play him. Chilwell's got Nottingham Forest at home. And Saliba's got Man United at home. But if I didn't want to play him, I can sub him out for Udogi, who I've got sat on my bench with Burnley away. And in game week five, it's a similar situation where I can just play him instead of SGP because Udogi's got Sheffield United at home. I'd bench SGP against Man United away. And I can just play Saliba against Everton away instead. So I don't necessarily need Trippier until game weeks five or six. And I can use the next one or two game weeks to start freeing up the money to be able to make that move. So things are looking pretty good. And I think having Udogi on the bench definitely helps. With the goalkeepers, I am, of course, tempted to make a change because the Everton defense isn't great. And obviously Pickford hasn't done well so far. But I think when you're considering transfers, it's always best to kind of sleep on it and not make rash decisions so at the weekend i would have been probably quite tempted just to sell pickford but now i've thought about it some more like who didn't expect him to concede against aston villa they're a great attack and so it wasn't that surprising whereas the fixtures they've got uh, coming up are a lot better so next two games it's wolves at home sheffield united away game week five is arsenal at home not great but matt turner on the bench has got burnley at home then it's Brentford away, Luton at home, Bournemouth at home. Surely even Everton, and I know it sounds crazy, but surely even Everton can get some clean sheets along the way. And goalkeeper transfers are just so low upside. I don't know if I want to make one. If I do, the move I will make is Pickford to Sanchez to get Chelsea's number one for 4.5 million. It does sound pretty good, especially with the fixtures Chelsea have got. And I don't mind doubling up on the defense, but I'm not really that interested in getting Gusto or Carwell or any, anyone like that. And I'm not saying they're bad picks. I just don't think they fit in for my squad because if I went for Gusto, who would I replace out of Chilwell, Estrepina and Saliba? None of them. Whereas for the goalkeeper position, is a bit easier for me to get that second Chelsea uh, goalkeeper. I just feel like this isn't the week to use both of my free transfers. I think in game week four, for my squad at least, things is going to get more interesting because lots of my midfielders will have bad fixtures. And if Rashford, Fernandez, blank again, or Saka and Marseille don't look great, suddenly there's a lot of moves I want to make. And having two transfers could be quite good. 
Whereas if I make one on Pickford, I feel like I might be left behind on kind of transfers that I want to make over the next few weeks. So I've kind of talked myself into keeping him. I don't think he's particularly fantastic, but we've seen plenty of times before that goalkeepers that aren't great at 4.5 million can easily rack up big hauls from just nowhere because of save points and stuff like that. And I just think with the fixtures they've got, he's probably worth holding on to. If I do talk myself into making no other transfers... I will do Pickford to Sanchez, but I think there's better moves that I can make, which I'll talk about later. So although most of them didn't perform in game week two, my midfield does look good for game week three, at least on paper. Hopefully it ends up working out well. I've got Saka and Martinelli against Fulham at home, Imbermo against Crystal Palace at home, and then Fernandes and Rashford against Nottingham Forest at home. Now on the two Man United players, I get that they've blanked in the first two weeks. Lots of people are frustrated with them. Some of you have probably sold one, if not both. And I kind of understand that, but I just cannot sell any player before Nottingham Forest at home. And loads of people keep saying it's just Man United bias. I can assure you it isn't. There's hardly any players in the league I would sell before that fixture. And they have defended well in the first two games. But I just cannot see Nottingham Forest at home and think it's a fixture that I need to avoid, despite how Fernandes and Rashford have played so far. And also, there's not a huge amount of midfielders that I'm keen on getting this week. So I'd rather have one more week to reassess the Man United players, but also get another week's worth of information as to which midfielder I might want to bring in. Just on Fernandez particularly, I've seen a lot of people say that with Mason Mount out, that really helps him. I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. I get why people are saying that, because Ericsson or McTominay will come in, and so Fernandez will definitely be further forward, maybe even back to that number 10 position, rather than playing as an advanced eight. But I think he's had chances in the first two game weeks. Mason Mount hasn't restricted him. And obviously, he's still on penalties anyway. So, okay, Mount being out till after the international break, it might have a very, very small impact on Fernandez, But it's not big enough that I would change my opinion either way on him. I always wanted to keep him. So that would now still be the case. If you wanted to sell him, Mason Mount being out is not the excuse to hold on to him, is what I would say. And look, with Rashford, I don't think he's a number nine. It doesn't help when he's got no space to run in behind either. And obviously, Forrest is going to be that kind of fixture. But it just comes back to that point I've made. I cannot sell someone before they play Nottingham Forest at home. And deep down, I'm hoping that Eric Ten Hag makes a change, puts Rashford on the left, and plays someone else central like Sancho or Martial. I'm not confident, because I thought he would do that against Spurs. But maybe this will be the game. In Burmo, legend, not going anywhere. There's no one I want to replace him with. Even if I had the exact money to go to Foden from in Burmo, I don't think I would do it. I think he's that good. Minutes, penalties, no Europe, good fixtures, etc. On the Arsenal players, I spoke about this on yesterday's game week preview. Saka without penalties is nowhere near as good. His underlying stats are not fantastic. He's still very young, so he can definitely improve from that regard. But I don't think it's enough to worry about selling him anytime soon. The only difference it makes for me is if it gets to a point where there's someone else I want or Arsenal got bad fixtures and I sell him, when I decide to bring an Arsenal midfielder back, I may go for Odegaard instead, unless we've seen Saka take penalties in the meantime. Now, loads of people left comments on that game week preview video saying it's not a guarantee that Odegaard is the new penalty taker. And I completely agree but I do think we should assume he's going to take the next one. He's just got one off Saka. He scored it. Looks comfortable with them. If he wants to take the next one, I think it will happen. So it might be that Odegaard, Saka, maybe even Martinelli at times will share them. But either way, it's not an excuse for me to sell Saka. So he's staying. His minutes are too good to worry about getting rid of him. Plus, it's Fulham at home. As you'll know if you've been watching the videos, Martinelli is someone I've always just not really wanted in my team. 
Like, I really wanted Jesus and Matoma, and obviously Jesus got injured. I'm always slightly worried that Trossard will come in. Like, if you ask Arsenal fans how good Trossard is, and obviously we know from him playing at Brighton as well, they want him in the side. I think Nketiah is playing because he's a box presence for Arsenal. So that means Trossard either plays number eight instead of Havertz, or left wing instead of Marseille. And I'm always worried he'll come in at some point, or he'll sub on for Martinelli, like, early on into the second half. So I think I've got to keep him because it's Fulham at home. But if I was considering transfers, well, I could go to Odegaard, who might be on penalties. But again, I don't think there's a need to rush that until we maybe see another penalty from Arsenal. Or maybe even Arteta speaks about who could be on them or who will be on them going forward. Because he might get asked about it in the press conference. And if he says it's Saka, then I definitely don't need to worry about Odegaard. Or the other option is to go to Mr. Essential, Phil Foden, I think if Martinelli had a worse fixture, then I'd think about it more. Because Sheffield United away and Fulham at home, if I think that Alvarez and Foden are going to start those games, which I do, they are great. But I think with Martinelli with Fulham, I give myself another week to think about it. And it might be the Man City sign a load of new players, and I just think there's too much of a minutes risk there. So I get why people are looking at that, but I just don't think I can do it. So the midfield on paper looks great, and I've probably got to stick with them. Give them one more chance... And then with two free transfers in game week four, see what I can do. Because I'm probably not going to use both this week. And then up front, it's Watkins and Harlan. As you might imagine, Harlan is going absolutely nowhere. He's already got two goals away from home to newly promoted Burnley. I think Sheffield United is a worse defence. So this is an even better fixture. He's definitely going to be my captain. I'm not even considering anyone else. With Watkins... He's probably going to be my transfer out this week. Now, I should say, I'm recording this on Wednesday afternoon. The video is going to go out sometime on Thursday morning. Aston Villa do have a Europa Conference League playoff game to play. And usually, I would try and wait until after European matches to record my videos. But this one's not going to make any difference. He's probably going to be my transfer out anyway. And if he gets injured in that game, he'll definitely be my transfer out. So I'm going to talk about possible replacements. Some people might be thinking... Why do I need to get rid of him before Burnley away? And the answer is I don't, but I've got two free transfers. I've got to use one, and I'm also starting to plan for the future. So I could hold on to Watkins for Burnley and just use that transfer I spoke about earlier on Pickford to Sanchez. But I feel over the next few weeks, that'll just put me a little bit behind when I can start planning now instead. So if I look at my team for the next few weeks, so game week three, it all looks good. In game week four... Watkins has got Liverpool away, which isn't an awful fixture for him. But when you've got the likes of Alvarez with Fulham at home or Jackson with Nottingham Forest at home, that is better. And both of those players also have a really good fixture this week as well. So I can kind of get ahead on the transfers that I want to make anyway. And it also allows me to use two free transfers, possibly on one of my midfielders like Fernandez, Rashford or Martinelli, or perhaps on my defenders to again get ahead of the game. That's why I don't want to use it on Pickford. Because I feel like there's just better moves that I can make. So Watkins is almost certainly going to go. I am quite stuck between Jackson or Alvarez. I think when, with Nicholas Jackson, his minutes look great right now. They haven't bought any other forwards. They may still do that. The transfer window doesn't close until next Friday. So interestingly, the game week four deadline is half six UK time, obviously PM. And the transfer window shuts at 11pm. So transfer could still happen after the deadline. The chance of a big move happening is obviously quite low at that point. But it's possible. So over the next week, Chelsea might buy another forward. Roya is also back in training. Now, he's been out for a long time with a pretty bad injury. So I don't think he's going to be ready to start anytime soon. But he is back in training. 
So that's another concern for Jackson down the line. Plus, you've got international break between game weeks four and five. So that's extra time for players to recover as well. So I do like Jackson. And I, I think Chelsea have played better than people are giving them credit for. I'm not saying they've played well for 90 minutes in both games. But there have been about 50 to 60 minutes where they played well against Liverpool. And in the first half against West Ham especially, they should have scored more goals. I think if Jackson's the focal point, even with the players he's got around him... I think he'll do well. So he's probably the player that I'm leaning to. That would also free up some money for future moves like Trippier. The other one is Alvarez. Now, I think for the next two game weeks, I actually prefer Alvarez because with Man City, there's fewer question marks about how good they are in attack. With Chelsea, there's a little bit of hope there because of the fixtures. With Man City, even without De Bruyne, we know how great they're going to be. And Sheffield United away and Fulham at home are games where Man City could score three, four, or even more goals. So having Alvarez for an even cheaper price than Jackson is kind of interesting. The worry for me is, after the international break, after the transfer window's shut, what will his minutes be like? And I just, I know I'm like a broken record at this point with Man City, but I said in pre-season I just didn't want this headache. And I keep coming back to them, and I keep talking myself out of them, but then I got that fear of missing out, because... If I was betting on which team between Man City and Chelsea are going to go and score four, five, six goals over the next two game weeks, it's obviously Man City. And I kind of want a piece of that action. So that's why I'm considering Alvarez. But even today, right, and this might not happen, but today there's reports that they want Eze. They possibly want Nunez from Wolves. And these are all kind of central players. I'd be more worried about Eze. If they were to land him, that's another player that can play in the positions of Foden and Alvarez. And that's, that's kind of got me thinking again, do I really need this headache? So I think if I was only making a transfer for two weeks and then possibly wildcarding afterwards, I'd almost definitely go Alvarez. But in terms of a player that I probably want to keep for a longer period of time, I think I'd probably go for Jackson. So my likely transfer is Watkins to Jackson. It's not a move I need to make, but I think it makes sense with two free transfers. And if anything, my plan would be to go into game week four and just use one transfer again and then have two for after the international break. because It just gives you that added bit of flexibility. In terms of the AI-suggested transfers on Fantasy Football Hub, mine are Saka to Foden. So he's lost penalties. Everyone likes Foden. There's no chance of me doing that. And the next one is Watkins to Jackson, which is a move that I like. It's possible, by the way, that Watkins will come back in later on from, I think it's game week eight. Yeah, Wolves away, West Ham at home, Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home. They are great fixtures. And if I had other fires to put out, I would probably just hold Watkins from now until then because they are great. But I think because I've got those spare transfers, I might as well do it. So I quite like that suggestion of Watkins to Jackson because it confirms what I want to do anyway. If you want to check out your suggested transfers, there are links in the description below. I think one thing I haven't mentioned is obviously Watkins is off penalties now. It looks like Douglas Louise is going to be their new taker. It does make him a worse option, but because of his minutes and his underlying numbers still being okay... He's a good option. So if you're looking at your own team thinking, I don't want to sell Watkins this week, then absolutely don't. He's not a must-sell. So that's my team. Haaland captain, probably selling Watkins no matter what happens in the Europa Conference League. Let me know down below what you think of that team. If you've enjoyed the video, give it a like. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure to rate five stars on podcast and check out Fantasy Football Hub. Links in the description below. I'll catch you tomorrow for final thoughts. Sports Social Podcast Network.